This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor and Bonite. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And what are you working on this beautiful April weekend? We hope it's your house. Well, unless your house is in perfect condition, and then you can have the weekend off. But Okay, nobody's you, house is in perfect nobody's condition. Nobody's house is in perfect condition, especially <laughs> Even ours. Even if it and, seems it. There's always something to do. I had to put down the paintbrush just to get to the microphones. All right. So, you know, no matter what, what's going on, we're, we're here to help you improve that house because it is the home improvement season. That's the one thing we love about spring. You know, people think about that spring. It's flowers and all that. No, it's home improvement. That's, that's what spring means to us. You know, it means people are out fixing up their houses. They're replacing kitchens and bathrooms and decks and patios and fixing up the yards, the gardening. Hey, whatever you're working on, we'd like to be a part of that project. Slide it over to our to-do list and we'll work on it together. Call us first at 1-888-MONEYPIT and we'll get you started. 888-666-3974. Well, coming up on today's show, as the saying goes, Leslie, good fences make good neighbors. But the question becomes, how do you build a good fence? I mean, for me, that's the kind you don't have to build over and over again because it gets destroyed by rot, termites, and carpenter ants. So we're going to have some solutions for solid fencing just ahead. Plus, it's all fun and games until you have to actually pay for your home improvement projects. We're going to have some tips on the best ways to finance those projects, both big and small, as well as insights on the most popular projects of the season. And hey, are you looking forward to laying out on a beautiful green lawn this summer? Well, you're going to need to beat back the weeds first. We'll have some tips on what needs to get done right now to stop those weeds from getting started. But first, we want to hear from you. What are you working on? What can we help you with? Be a part of the conversation. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Nick in Iowa is on the line and is doing a tiling project. What can we do for you? I did a project in my bathroom on the second floor a couple years ago, and I laid three quarter inch tongue and groove down plywood. Yes, and then I laid down a quarter inch uh, fiber cement underlayment that is meant for tile, and I made sure that, you know, the seams weren't in the same spot as the tongue and groove. Right. And it's been, like I say, it's been probably two years, and I've got just a hairline crack running through all my tile that's right on that tongue and groove seam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting ready to start a, a kitchen project where I'm going to do some tiling, and I guess I want to know if you have had any uh, suggestions of where I might have went wrong. Well, the very best floor base for a tile project is called a mud floor. Do you know what a mud floor is? No, I do not. So a mud floor is one where you put down tar paper first, 
Then you put down woven wire mesh. Then you mix up a sand and cement, essentially mud. It's a very dry mix, not a lot of water to it. Uh, Generally, it's one bag of Portland cement to about 40 shovels of sand. And when you mix it perfectly, you can kind of hold it and it forms sort of like a ball in your hand, right? Now, you take that mud and that mud mix and you spread it out across the woven wire mesh. And you've got to be, you know, a pretty good do-it-yourselfer to pull this off because it's really a professional tile guy's way of doing this. But you spread it out over the mud. You use like a long straight edge to kind of get it absolutely perfectly flat. And you let it dry, and it's got to be a minimum of maybe one inch thick, and it could go up to whatever you need it to be. For example, I have a a laundry room on the second floor of my house, really old house, and we decided to tile that, and there's just no way I could level this floor any other way. And so we put down a mud floor. It was about one inch on one side of the room. By the time we got to the other side of the room, it was about two and a half inches because the floor had that kind of a slope in it. But then when we were done, it was perfectly flat and absolutely rock solid. If you put a mud floor down, you'll never, ever, ever get a crack if you do it right. That's the best way to do it. Any of those uh, tile backer products are subject to expansion and contraction, and that may help develop some cracks, not to mention the fact that it can't really help you level a floor that's at a level. Now, when you, you said you're doing this in the kitchen, we'll give you an additional caution. You've got to be very careful around the dishwasher because if you put a thick floor around that dishwasher, you may not be able to get the dishwasher back in again, or you can do as this um, ridiculous tile guy did at my sister's house. He tiled her dishwasher in. So when the dishwasher had to be replaced, I had to help her take the countertop off of the sink, off of the cabinets, take the sink out, take the countertop up in order to lift the dishwasher out from the cabinets and replace it, which was really ridiculous and very annoying. That doesn't sound like what I want to do, no. No. So don't tile your dishwasher in and uh, watch the thickness of the floor so that you can um, actually get the dishwasher back in if you take it out. All right. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Call us. We'll give you more work. (laughs) 888-666-3974. Thanks so much, Nick. You know, we always say do it once, do it right. You don't have to do it again. And that is absolutely true when it comes to putting down tile. If you don't take the time to put in a proper base, you will ultimately be repeating the process. We're going to talk with Dot in Wisconsin, who's got a decking question. How can we help you with your project? Yes, my deck is located on the south side of my house. And every year we've been putting uh, a paint on it, and it's where we get a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm wondering if there's a special kind of paint I should use because it peels a lot. So there are special paints for decks, and if you're continuing to put more coats of paint on the old deck, my concern is that you're never going to get good adhesion. You may have too many coats of paint on that now. Are you using paint or stain, Dot? Um, it's I believe it's a paint. I'm afraid at this point, what you really need to do is to remove that paint so you can get down to the original wood because you can't put good paint over bad paint. It's going to continue to peel. And once you get down to that wood, then you should prime it and then paint it. But if you're able to get most of the paint off, and perhaps you can because apparently it's not sticking well, where you you really don't have too much left, then I would recommend not using paint on it. I would use solid color stain. It's still going to give you a continuous color, um, but it's going to absorb better into the wood, and it'll kind of fade rather than peel, and I think that's what you're shooting for. 
okay, is there a certain type of product to remove the stuff that's on there now? Yeah, there's a wide variety of paint strippers out there. I would look for um, one of the citrus-based products and try that. Uh, you're gonna, you may have to try a couple of them until you find the one that works best with your particular deck. Okay, thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Dan in Pennsylvania is on the line with a plumbing question. What can we help you with? Yes, uh, my son has an older house with uh, cast iron or steel drain pipes, and they go. The main line goes straight down from the toilet and then under the basement floor. And he's continually getting clogs because of the the cast iron gets rough over time and tends to catch things. So I'm wondering. I realize normal drain lines you drop them an inch a foot, so you don't. Uh, get too too fast to drain and pull, siphon out the uh, traps. But can you, with the main line, can you do pretty much whatever you want with that? Uh, like, say, 245s and then straight down to get it to the edge of the property. And then uh, that, well, that way I don't I have to tear up a little bit to get to uh, out of the the house with the plastic pipe. Well, you may not have to tear anything up. There's a pipe lining technology that you can consider where essentially they reline the cast iron pipes with a fiberglass sleeve that's smooth and doesn't have those types of obstructions. It also helps stop root growth that can sometimes get into the seams of, of cast iron piping. Uh, and that can be done with the pipes in place. You wouldn't have to tear anything up. I would have to cut the pipe, I guess, because it goes down and then underneath a portion of the basement at like some sort of a, probably a 90 and there may be a trap in under the basement floor as well. Well, but all of this can be done without you having to access it because the way the pipelining works is first of all, they put a camera down there to figure out which way the drains are going and they can do that with a pipe camera. And then they run what looks kind of like a fiberglass sock through the pipe and it's kind of like if you can imagine turning a sock inside out. They do that with water pressure, and it turns inside out and sort of forms against the uh, inner walls of the cast iron pipe and then sort of dries and hardens to this sort of very strong, smooth surface that won't obstruct the flow. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Dan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Just ahead, they say good fences make good neighbors, but... They also add style and value to your home. We'll have tips on how to pick and build the best fences in today's pro project. Presented by HomeAdvisor.com after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. 
Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. From demolition to decor, we've got you covered with tips and advice to help you get the jobs done around your house. Give us a call right now with your questions, your comments at one 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. Home Advisor can instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. John in Wisconsin's on the line with a washer dryer question. Tell us what you're thinking about there. We were thinking of putting a washer and dryer in our spare bedroom. And where we want it is next to an inner wall. And I was wondering if we vented it up through into the attic, through the insulation, so it would come out on top, would that be damaging to the, to the you know, it would be too much moisture in there or not? Now, would this still remain a guest room, or would this become a new snazzy laundry room? Yeah, it'd, it'd be a laundry room. Yeah. Generally, when you talk about resale value, the amount that you could possibly resell your house for directly correlates to the amount of bedrooms and bathrooms that you have. So, you know, you may want to start by talking with a local realtor who's familiar with, you know, home values in your neighborhood as to what the effect might be to removing a bedroom. Now, if you have no intention to sell and you've got this dream to have just a kick butt gigantic laundry room with, you know, perhaps a sewing area and enough ironing space, you know, then this could be awesome for you guys. Now, in terms of your technical questions, obviously, you're going to have to get hot and cold water there. And you're going to have to get electricity there for your for your washer and your dryer and 240 volt if it's a, if it's electric dryer. Uh, venting was the one question you had. And can you go up through the wall into the attic? Yes, but you can't stop there. You have to continue with that vent, John, until it gets outside. You cannot dump the warm, moist, lint-laden dryer exhaust up into the attic. You've got to take it outside. So what you should do is only use solid metal piping, not flex ducting. Get it up in the attic and turn it 90 degrees and then run it across the floor, so to speak, above the joists and then out the sidewall of the house with a proper dryer vent termination on the outside of it. And you know, the test is when you turn the dryer on, you look outside, you see, you see the flap open up. You really don't want to have any restriction. It's very important you get that lint out because there's a lot of dryer fires that happen because people collect too much uh, lint inside those pipes. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah, very good. John, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, putting up a fence can add style and security and value to your property, but it can also be an eyesore, it can be a maintenance headache, and it can cause a battle with your neighbors. So to avoid the pitfalls, you need a pro, and you have to plan carefully. We're going to share tips on how to do just that in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Now, first, and this is really, really important, you need to check your property lines. I know you think you know where your lines are, but unless you have a survey done and maybe some corner set, and you don't want to build in your neighbor's yard because you find out that you're just like a scooch over the line, they can make you tear the whole darn thing down. You're also going to want to check with local officials to make sure you don't need a permit to build your fence because many do. And once you're sure about those things, you can start thinking about what kind of fence you want to buy. Now, fencing is available in so many materials, and that includes natural and pressure-treated woods, vinyl, and metal. Now, the natural wood can be beautiful, but it's going to require the most maintenance. You've also got to remember that there are 
two sides to that fence, and it's got to look good from the outside as well as the inside. And most building codes require that the good side, the better side, the one you pick out, actually faces your neighbors. Yeah, that's right. And don't try to save money on the gate either. That part of your fence is going to take the most wear and tear. It can also be a security risk or a danger if it's left open, especially if you're using a pool fence. It's got to have a spring hinge that will help swing it back into place to prevent kids from wandering into that pool area. So real important that you have a very good quality gate on that fence. All right, now let's talk about the cost. Now, according to HomeAdvisor.com's True Cost Guide, homeowners on average are spending $2,550 on a fence project, but prices do vary by the region, material, and project, as well as the size and the difficulty. So it's important to keep specific materials and dimensions in mind as you're estimating your project price and then build a budget from there. For example, wood options average around $2,700, while a chain-link fence averages around $1,900, and the vinyl fences are far more expensive, and they range closer to 3500 And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online, all for free. Diane, in New Jersey, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? We live in New Jersey, and my dad had the Pennsylvania Dutch come all the way to New Jersey, and they put up a beautiful Gambriel uh, pole barn, okay. you know, with that nice shape to it. Uh, and, but I noticed, you know, there are like little rafters along the edge. And even though they have little holes in them, every year the flies come in through there and I have hundreds all dead at the end of summer. And I don't know what I could do to stop that problem. So you have, this is a barn that you have and it's a fairly open barn. I mean, you're not going to keep you're not going to keep the flies out of the barn. You can't make it that tight because, by the nature of the building, it's pretty drafty. Correct? Well, actually, uh, my dad, we never had any animals. There's stalls, but he it's completely closed all the time. It's got two electric doors at either end, oh, you know, and a door, so it is contained. The only way they're getting in is through like under the edges of the roof. There's like a it looks like a uh, I don't know. A, you know, the gutters sort of looks like gutters, gutter situation, and uh, there's an opening there, and the sunlight and the air goes through it, which I guess you need for animals, but we're not using it for animals. So at the roof edge, um, the rafters, it, does it have a complete soffit? Is it constructed so that you have like a, a flat, vented area underneath it, or is it just wide open? No, there is a vented area, and I looked at it closely. And it appears to have, it's got little holes in it big enough for flies. So they're not getting in this soffit area where you're suspecting. I don't know. I thought they were coming through those holes. Yeah, but if they're that small, they're not coming in. Look, typically soffit ventilation is too small for insects to get into. So they're probably coming in a different way. Do you have a ridge vent at the peak? Actually, it's just for looks because when I'm, there is a staircase that goes up to the top of the barn and there's no openings in the roof. Diane, you know, if you're trying to keep these barn flies out of the barn, there's really two ways to approach this. Mechanical, which is what we're talking about in terms of making sure that you have screening wherever it's necessary. And this would include any vents, gable vents, cupola vents, soffit vents, 
and the like. Then, of course, you mentioned that it has large doors that generally stay closed. I guess there's not much you can do right there. But the second technique is chemical. And there are professional pesticides that are designed specifically to deal with these flies. There's usually um, some formulation of pyrethrin that essentially is sprayed uh, inside the barn to control these insect populations. And in fact, in some cases where you actually have livestock, there are formulations that can also be applied to the livestock um, without harming them. So I would do two things. I would make sure that I examine the barn very carefully for any additional openings where these flies can get in. And then I would consult a pest management professional for an appropriate application of pesticide because you have such a severe problem. I don't think this is uh, anything you're going to be able to handle with, uh, say, a more natural, smaller scale approach like I might give you for your house. In this case, I think you need to um, choose the right uh, product uh, and have it applied properly. And when done in accordance with all the label directions, I think it is a relatively safe thing to do. I hope that helps you out. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are listening to The Money Pit. Hey, do you have a home improvement project in your spring to-do list? Well, we can help. Give us a call now at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. You can read reviews and book appointments online. And just ahead, it's all fun and games until you have to actually pay for your home improvement projects. We're going to have tips on the best ways to finance your projects, both small and big, as well as insights on the most popular projects of the season after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U dot com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. 
Just use their True Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, home improvement is hot this year. According to a new survey by Lightstream, 73% of homeowners plan to renovate their homes this year. That's actually a 26% increase from 2018. Yeah, and what's also surprising is that Americans are now prioritizing personalization over increasing the value of their home for resale. With us to talk about that and share some tips on how to pay for your home improvement projects is Todd Nelson. Todd is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships for Lightstream. Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Leslie. So you guys have been doing this survey now for like six years, and some of the trends you've seen develop are really interesting, including this latest trend this year with a renewed interest in personalization. What's driving it? You know, it's interesting. So, you know, this year, I, I was surprised when we got the results back. And as you mentioned, you know, nearly three-quarters of the people are now planning on making a home improvement. I think the big driver is that people are telling us that they're planning on staying in their homes for longer periods of time. I think it was nearly 60% of the people said that they're going to stay in their home 10 years or more or have no plans of ever moving out. And so staying put means, you know, you're going to be in your house. You want it to reflect your lifestyle. And uh, people are making changes so that they can enjoy the home they're in rather than thinking about flipping it and moving on to the next one. Now, do you find that they're spending more money because it's a personal drive on the decision there? They are. And so this year, in our six years, this was the highest average amount that people plan to spend. It was just over $9,000 this year. And that was up, you know, 32% over last year. Well, that's pretty significant. But for 9000 bucks, you're not going to do a kitchen or a bathroom. Aside from those sort of typical big repairs and big improvements, what other sorts of projects were they doing, Todd? Well, so keep in mind that's an average, right? So nearly three-quarters said that they were going to do something. If you look at what people told us they were looking to do, um, about 29% said they were going to tackle some kind of home repair. So that could include you know, windows, roofing, maybe doors or solar. Um, 31% said they wanted to do a kitchen renovation, um, and 37% said they wanted to tackle a bathroom renovation. That's very similar to what we saw last year. The biggest thing people said that they were planning for 2019 was outdoor, and 41% of the people that we surveyed said that they wanted to tackle some kind of outdoor project this year. I mean, that's great. Everybody wants to get outside. Do you even look into how people are thinking about paying for these renovations? Are they dipping into savings? Are they borrowing money? We did. And so the the survey this year, 60% of the people that we surveyed said they planned on using their savings to pay for all or part of their project. Another 32% said they planned on using a card. Um, home equity and home improvement loans were another 13 and 10% respectively. And then 6% said they planned to uh, dip into their investments in order to pay for their home improvement project. That sounds a little scary, dipping into your investments to pay for home improvement. You know, what are some of the questions you should ask yourself when trying to decide how you should pay for it? Let's assume you have some options. You've got a credit card, but maybe the interest rate is a bit crazy. You know, maybe you have some equity in your home so you can get a home equity loan. What kinds of questions should you be asking yourself to determine, like, what's the best way to go for the project? Well, certainly savings is a nice option. If you have the cash, it's nice not to have to take on any additional debt. But oftentimes, people want to have some money set aside for emergency fund or or other things. So you might not want to liquidate your savings for a home improvement project. Um, Credit cards are certainly a very convenient option. And I think for smaller projects, if you're just going to do, say, you know, paint a a room or or do some small repairs, 
credit cards make a ton of sense. For larger projects, though, there are lots of options. And so if you happen to have equity in your home, certainly you could look at a home equity loan. And now the unsecured consumer loan options, like the ones that Lifestream provides, very low interest rates and no fees. And so someone can get up to $100,000 from a lender like Lightstream in as quickly as a day. And our interest rates in home improvement start below 6%. So there's a pretty attractive option, certainly you know lower than the interest rate that someone might pay on a credit card. That's interesting because I guess you got to assume that, that folks that are improving their home are probably pretty responsible people if they're taking the time to take care of the place that takes care of them. Absolutely. And, you know, being a homeowner comes with both a responsibility, uh, but also a sense of pride. And so, you know, I think people, like we talked about earlier, want to personalize their home. They want to have it reflect their lifestyle, whether it's redoing their backyard and putting up a pergola or, or some other outdoor living features. You know, they want things that reflect the things they're interested in, help them entertain their friends and family and, and really enjoy their home space more. Either way, I think whatever direction you go in, improving your home is such a great decision, but really thinking about how you're paying for this improvement can totally relieve the stress and help you just enjoy the process and the project that much more. And we think it's important that, you know, the first thing that, that any homeowner do is really create a budget. Make sure that you think through how much money can you really afford to spend on the project and then get into the details. Figure out whether or not it's something that you can tackle as a do-it-yourself project or, you know, is it something that involves, you know, a plumber or an electrician where you really want to hire a pro to make sure that you don't have any problems down the road. So, you know, setting a budget and being smart about it and doing your research. You know, if you're going to have a contractor come in, get multiple bids. I can tell you from my own experience in the last month, you know, we got three different bids for a fairly small project, and the the costs varied so much for the same exact work. So it does pay to shop around, to have multiple bids, uh, and to do your homework. Do the research and find out what the materials are going to cost. Find out what other people in your area have paid. That will really go a long way towards helping a homeowner set their budget. Yeah, we always tell our audience that the more you know before the pro comes in, the better off you are because essentially you're creating your own spec and all the pros that walk in the door are going to bid sort of apples to apples. It'll be easy to compare uh, what each is charging for your project. So true. That's great advice. Todd Nelson, Senior Vice President of Strategic Partnerships for Lightstream. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit, Todd. Hey, if you'd like more information about all the options Lightstream offers for home improvement project financing, visit their website at lightstream.com. It's Lightstream. Thanks again, Todd. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Leslie. Hey, if you're looking forward to laying out on a beautiful green lush lawn this summer, we've got some steps that you need to take right now to keep the weeds at bay. We'll share those tips to stop the weeds from getting started next. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, floorboards to shingles, gazebos to garages, give us a call now with your home improvement question at 888 Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You'll find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online, all for free. And what are you working on this fine spring weekend? We really want to hear and we want to help. Give us a call right now at 888-666-3974. Louise in Delaware is on the line with some carpenter bees visiting her home. Tell us what's going on. Yes, ma'am. Um, I have um, a deck in my at my back door, and I have um, a roof. It doesn't extend all the way out to the end of the deck, just about halfway. And I've been having for several years um, a major problem with carpenter bees. They They actually make perfectly round holes in the roof of the deck. And I I had an exterminator a couple years ago, and he said he would spray it, but no guarantees. And he sprayed it, and maybe for about five days, I didn't see them, but they came right back. But someone told me... Um, it was actually another exterminator, a um, really older lady. She said to um, get steel wool and put steel wool in the holes because they can't get out through the steel wool. Because my cousin uh, put cotton balls soaked in bleach in the holes she had on her deck, and they actually ate through through the cotton balls, and they ate through... Um, the caulking. There's the do-yourself methods and there's the professional methods. I'm troubled by the fact that you hired an exterminator. It sounds like it was some time ago and they wouldn't guarantee a result. That's not acceptable. Most professional exterminators have the tools, the knowledge, and uh, the pesticides to effectively eliminate carpenter bees with a reasonable guarantee of success. So if you have such a serious problem as this, I would definitely suggest that you go find yourself a new exterminator, uh, maybe from a national brand company like Orkin. You'd have better success with that. Now, if you want to do this yourself, you know the reason that the bees form those holes is because they're, they're nesting. And so the way they're treated is you spray pesticide inside those holes. You can also spray something that's petroleum-based inside the holes because they don't like that. Um, You can fill them with steel wool. There's lots of ways you could try this yourself. But given the, the severity of the problem, I would suggest you find a good exterminator that can treat it with the right type of pesticide and you not have to worry about it. And I don't think you had a pro last time. You get a pro to address this problem. And just get it done once and for all. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we all love a lush green lawn, but sometimes what's green isn't exactly grass, nor is it very lush. In fact, weeds can destroy a lawn and remove any chance of turning your backyard into a perfect putting spot. 
Yeah, that's right. But when you consider that just one dandelion plant can make up to 15,000 weed seeds, it's a wonder that any of us win this battle against the green invaders at all. Well, there is a great way to beat back weeds in your lawn, and it's easy to apply. It's a product called Weed Beater Ultra. It's made by Bonide, and it can kill over 200 broadleaf weeds without harming the lawn. And this weekend is really a good time to apply the product. Yeah, and usually after you apply a weed killer, you need to wait a month before you reseed the lawn. And that's another reason we like this product is that you can actually reseed just two weeks after application. So you're going to get that full lawn going that much faster. Weed Beater Ultra works in cool temperatures down to 45 degrees, so chilly spring nights are not a problem. Bonide products are family made in the USA for over 90 years. Learn more by visiting bonide.com. Alan, Idaho is on the line with a crack in a foundation. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. You know, when I first bought the house, uh, a contractor buddy of mine said it was no big deal. And he, he gave me some epoxy, said to drill some holes in it, and squirted it in there until it mushed out all the way through, and then just smoothed smooth it off. Well, it didn't seal it, but it's cracked right again beside it. Okay, so you have a crack in the foundation that you filled with you filled with uh, epoxy, and it's continuing to crack. Is that is that the case? Right. How old is your house? 67 is when it was built. All right, so it's concrete block wall or cinder block wall, correct? It's concrete. Now, do you have any drainage issues around the house? Uh, not that I know of. Have you had any moisture in the basement or signs of that? Uh, the only time I've ever had any moisture in the basement is a previous owner drilled a hole in the floor and run the condensate drain to the air conditioner into the floor. All right. That's not the kind of moisture we're concerned about. The reason I ask that question is because it sounds like your wall is a little unstable and that it's continuing to move. And the first thing to do when that happens, if it's not a serious crack, not one where the wall's being displaced, is to make sure that your grading and your drainage conditions are absolutely letter perfect because the more water that soaks around the outside of that house, the more water that comes off gutters and gets discharged against the wall, the weaker that foundation gets. It's kind of like this. When it's rainy and you walk across the a field, you sink into the mud because wet dirt is not as strong as dry dirt. So we want to try to keep the dirt around your house and specifically under your footing as dry as possible. So drainage control is important. Now, beyond that, if this is just um, sort of a hairline crack that's forming, is that what we're talking about here? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, the original one was, it was a pretty good sized crack. But- well, what I would do if it's a hairline crack is I would fill it with silicone caulk because it will expand and contract and won't, you know, epoxy is pretty stiff if it's going to break and crack through it. So I would just fill it with silicone caulk. That will just keep out some moisture and drafts from coming through it. All right. And now, now if I uh, if I if I dig down, I know it doesn't go clear to the footing because I've I've been down that far. I dug down to see how far it went down, and uh, so dig down and, and uh, suggest maybe tarring it up below grade. I wouldn't go through all that. I mean, right now it's it's. I would just improve the drainage conditions and seal the crack from the inside where you can. Okay. All right. I don't think it's going to really add to it to tar up the whole foundation. You don't seem to have any major moisture problem here. So we're just trying to deal with uh, the drafts and, and any potential leakage in the future. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, with the beautiful weather, it's also picnic time. And while picnic and barbecues can be fun, they come with their very own set of stains. We're going to have quick cleanups for spilled sauce, grease, mustard, and more after this. I feel like you're talking to me, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. 
Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now with your home improvement question on the listener line at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Yeah, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online, all for free. No matter the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. And remember, while you're online, you can post your questions on the Money Pits website at the community section. And I've got one here from Rachel who writes, I recently bought a small home made in 1991. It's a fine home that sits on a hill. I discovered that there's no vapor barrier on the ground in the crawl space. I don't notice any resulting problems, but the first floor feels cold to my bare feet, even though there's insulation under the floor. Should I be adding a vapor barrier? And if so, why? Well, vapor barriers are always a good idea when you have a crawl space. They reduce humidity in that space, and they're also going to reduce the amount of moisture that can evaporate off of the soil of the floor that's under the floor of the crawl space. And that has a couple of benefits, Rachel. First of all, it re- reduces the risk of mold and decay forming on the floor framing because all that humidity rests on the wood. And then the wood gets damp and starts to rot away. And also, it's going to make your insulation work better because if you keep the insulation drier at those lower humidity levels, it actually insulates more. But it is not likely, though, to make your floor feel warmer to those bare feet. For that, you need to much improve uh, the insulation or maybe even the type of insulation. So our advice, yes, put the crawl space vapor barrier down. That will help for all the reasons that we said. But uh, for the floor joist itself, you might want to add some additional unfaced fiberglass bats there and perhaps a few area rugs on top to take care of those chilly tootsies in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Area rugs really do help a tremendous amount. Plus, they look good, and you really can finish up the decor of a space by adding in a beautiful area rug, and it gives you an opportunity to change them seasonally, too. It's the best way to add in the colors of the season. It can feel like a holiday. It can feel like springtime. It can have materials of summer. It's a really inexpensive and easy way to bring that season into the house. So think about it. Store those rugs nicely, and you can change the look anytime you want. Well, now that the weather is turning warm, it is picnic time once again. Don't let the inevitable stains that accompany that outdoor eating, though, ruin the fun. Leslie has quick fixes for stains in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, you are the expert at making stains, so I guess you're the expert at cleaning them up. (laughs) You know, for being, like, super tidy and organized, I'm, like, a terribly messy eater. (laughs) 
It's so ridiculous. Like I'm constantly ruining shirts. So this is very, very helpful. You know, picnics, they really are a summertime tradition, but eating outside can be messy. I mean, where do you put your plate? How do you hold everything? Inevitably, a drink spills or a sandwich drops or the rib spills on your blouse. So you got to know how to treat those stains so they don't ruin all of your new fun summer clothing. Now, if we're talking about barbecue sauce, you need to flush the cold water from the underside of the fabric and blot with liquid laundry detergent, then spudge with white vinegar. Now you can apply a stain treatment and then wash. The same step is going to work for ketchup and mustard. So this is your condiment killer there, okay, you guys? Now, if we're talking about berries, because summer is berry time, cobblers, all those things, you're eating strawberries, you're eating blueberries, just eating berries, and you should be. So what you have to do there is mix a tablespoon of white vinegar with a half a teaspoon of liquid laundry detergent and a quart of water. Now, this time, you've got to let the fabric soak for about 15 minutes and then wash. If it's a really tough stain, you can blot with alcohol. I know you're going to make some more messes. We've got grass stains. We've got everything else that happens in the summertime. So head on over to moneypit.com. You'll find a ton about stain removal. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, thank you so much for spending part of your your weekend with us. If you've got questions you can't get answers to about your home project, your decor projects, you can reach us 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT or always through our social media channels, including Facebook.com, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.